good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good day, and so on. Today's Dharma talk is titled, How Questions Work, and I probably am not going to be able to give a dissertation on that. It's an interesting area, and quite often students will say, I don't really have any questions, and I will say, well, that's okay, you can <laughs> sit here, or whatever. So it's it's not necessarily it's not necessary to generate or crank up questions. However, without questions, not much happens. So I sometimes, quite often, ask myself a question before I that's all I know what to talk about. I'll ask myself, "What is the nature of passion, aggression, and ignorance? The three poisons?" And then that kind of situation seems to be more available or arise. And you've heard me say, if you've listened to this person. Very much you've heard me say over and over again, what questions, what? The looking at something, what is this? What what am I? What what are you? What what is this? The why question is uh, can be very helpful, and sometimes that's the only question that works, the cause and effect one. Uh, they're both cause and effect questions, but they have a different frequency. So why? It gives you a because of sorts, and then that one may generate more, or may, may be another why because, why because, why because, like that. And the Buddha said, why is there sickness, aging, and death? And he uh, he didn't settle for some response of his father or his uh, people in his uh, community, in his kingdom, but went, took that and went uh, deeper in using his own awareness, his own consciousness. What What is this? And why is this? Why is there this situation. And he found, of course, the simple answer, very complicated, is because we want something else. Why is why is there suffering? Because we want something else. In other words, we don't want the suffering, but rather than look into the the what is happening in that as it appears, as it appears, what is what is that? We say, why is that? Why why is that? When we actually abandon the situation before we've even gone into it. The Buddha uh, may have asked why, but he didn't settle for some immediate response. He went deeply into it, as, as the legend, tradition, uh, history has it uh, around six years or so. Uh, six years of uh, being a uh, Paravajika or searcher or sannyasin or mendicant, whatever word you want to use. Gave up the the life in the castle, being a prince to, what is this? Why is this? So deeply into it. And that, uh, the what question, uh, is something you can ask uh, on the cushion. What is this? Very simple. You're looking at a wall. You already know what that is, but what is it fundamentally? And so to go deeper into that is a good approach to take. Uh, in, uh, uh, and I may have some of this. My memory is always a little slippage there, but uh, I think King Ravana in the Lankavatara Sutra asks uh, Mahamati, this great uh, high-level uh, bodhisattva, at least it says high-level, I think, uh, asks him questions uh, on behalf of everyone else. Ask, the king asks Mahamati, or great, great wisdom, I'm not sure what the translation of that is, but something great. And to, on behalf of everyone, ask the Buddha questions about the nature of our reality and the nature of what this, is, this whole situation is about which he proceeded to do for several, I uh, didn't count them, but several hundred pages probably. 
And of course, in the Lanka, it's it's not the, the, the descent into Lanka, which is a free translation of the Lankavatara Sutra, also translation by Suzuki Roshi back in 1932. But it's not a uh, it's 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 a collection of things that comes together, and then it's called that. So the the teachings, and we've studied it at the monastery uh, as a group for I think we've studied it you know four times. Okay. Four. Three or four times we've actually sat down and studied that day after day. Pretty grueling, <laughs> but a good thing. And then, then I've, uh, as we've traditionally done, then I come in the last half hour of that study and try to respond to questions, probably make things more confusing, but I do my best. So when you come and sit in front of the uh, the teacher, it's good to have a question, but not necessarily to, not necessary to crank, crank the situation up. That doesn't work too well. It's interesting the way this is showing up is I really would like some questions, but uh, I, I have some. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, good. Questions have well, arisen. Questions are rising from the question box. Go ahead. Shoto is the first question. Good. Can suffering become the thing we want? Yes. Everything masquerades as something else. I'm sure you've noticed. Uh, it, show, it looks like that, but it's actually that. Uh, if you spend some time with anything that shows up, especially the ones that that spark an immediate, uh, well, I never thought that. Well, I don't believe that. Well, I, uh, that's why I say don't believe, don't disbelieve, don't look away. And then you get, what you get is the open dimension in which anything, correct, incorrect, or whole relative uh, phantasmagoria comes up as what it is. Nothing lasts. So therefore, anything that looks this way, uh, eventually it will look this way. It's called impermanence. And it's just the nature of relative truth. It is a, a delusion. So yes, it can. I can respond more to that if you'd like, or we can leave it at that. Questions are good. Jiuzhan uh, has a question. Mm-hmm. What is the suffering that doesn't look like it comes from anywhere? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the suffering that doesn't look like it comes from anywhere, and and that is actually one is if that is showing up in that way, one is beginning to find the leading edge of that particular dependent origination. Uh, but you have to be careful not to grasp onto anything there because it's otherwise it just stops opening and it becomes a conclusion that that shows up in the form of naming it maybe depression maybe anxiety all those things that are like uh, uh, doors with no doorknobs you can't you can't research depression because you already concluded it's depression and there is a cultural a whole cultural warp and woof through the psychology and psychologists and, and uh, just, you're not going to, if you go uh, to your next door neighbor or to anyone on the street and say, what is depression? And they'll be, might look at you kind of perplexed. Well, everybody knows what that is. It's just feeling bad, but, but there's no investigation there. There's no awareness going in, going through the word depression into uh, that door uh, with no handle. It seems to be necessary from our point of view as meditators, and there's not many of us, um, not many Buddhists, not people, many people studying this, but we're, we're doing this. So we need to actually uh, sit down, hold still and watch the movement. And that will uh, eventually, it, it would be different for every person would show up the way in which that, the way in which you personally are hiding out or closing the door on uh, what is behind there. Yes. Shoka asks, are we a wanderer of Parivajraka until we see what's true? A little bit, but the path 
the Buddha Dharma, the path of the Buddha Dharma has uh, structures to it. So uh, one needs to, as far as I can see, needs to make use of those, those structures, which you're, you're a fully ordained monk. So uh, there's no particular particular wandering happening there. Oh, so, but it's ma mainly it's in a certain way. You're, you're using um, centuries and centuries of people studying this path, wanderers. And uh, here you are again. He has another question. Mm -hmm. What does cranking up a question do to our practice? I, I don't think it harms anything. It's just that there's some kind of a um, searching, well, what could I ask? I already, I already know. Uh, some people say, why don't I have any questions? <laughs> That's always fun. And, uh, and I say, because you're not very smart. <laughs> so have to do something with it. But even, even Mahamati uh, in uh, the Lanka and in other places in Buddhist uh, teachings, uh, when asked by the king, uh, we don't know what happened. We don't know if it even happened. Uh, but asking on behalf, therefore, the, the Bodhisattva Mahamati, his questions were to the Tathagata, the enlightened one, and, uh, and were, at, were to be a benefit to the all of the the shalakas and Prachekabuddhas and all the other assembly of people that were there listening, he was uh, trying to get uh, that interchange to happen. So, so what the Buddha, how the Buddha responded to what um, Mahamati asked, uh, could also show up as uh, something uh, to be helpful to someone who may not know how to actually ask the question. But when Mahamati asked that, then the people there in the, shall we call it the audience or the gathering, uh, may resonate with that. Yeah, I would like to hear what that, that would be good to help us hear what the, what the Buddha responds to that particular inquiry. Shadow has a follow-up question. If suffering becomes what we want, is there satisfaction slash satiation? Well, you could make any of those words apply. Satisfaction, satiation, it's, it's just a, it's the locking down on the cause and effect that creates difficulty, not just uh, seeing that this caused that. You see this caused that. Uh, if, you're, if you really see this clearly, you'll also see that something else caused the first cause and, and three more thing, other things split off and went to the other situation to collect more effects from the causes that you were injecting in the first place based on your question, if you follow me, which I'm sure you do. That differentiation and desire that shows up as... Uh, this happens, and then we differentiate based on the desire for something else. And this causes us, you could say it this way, causes us to totally miss the obvious, which is no self, no other. <laughs> That's why it's sometimes called a cosmic joke. Because those who see that can, can also see it as kind of humorous that it's so obvious. But, you know, uh, if you see this yourself and you see that someone else doesn't see it, you don't make a joke about it to them because they're suffering because of their blindness, because of their cover-up, because of their ignorance, because of their grasping, their rejecting passion aggression. That room full of mirrors and smoke is where they're at. And you're you're there also, but you're also not there. You're not any, no particular location. Location is a very um, misunderstood index. Kozan asks, what is it that does not see not separate? There, there, there is no 
isness to it, uh, and, the, and the way that which you're asking, what is that? Well, from the ultimate point of view, it's Buddha nature. Buddha nature always sees everything, but it doesn't shrink down into uh, an opinion that objects or an opinion that agrees or an opinion that ignores. It doesn't shrink. Uh, it is not. It is not fearful. Further question is there if you have it. Uh, Junshu asks, how do we know if a question will benefit others? Every question will benefit others. Every Any question you ask. I mean, it might be a, a little silly to say, so, so what would you have for lunch today? But it might just so that you uh, might benefit others in seeing how weird you are or seeing how uh, sometimes people try to be very uh, <coughs> casual with me because they don't like, uh, they don't want to form a relationship with me. They would like to just be the same as I am. So they say, so hey, hey, Bob, how's it going? It's, it's not that that's wrong. Of course, it's not wrong. But there needs to be a, a, that's why we have an altar. That's why we have robes. That's why we receive vows. That's why we, because this this relative wor- world operates in relative, in a relative shape. And so we need to use the relative situation. We need the sutras. We need the words of the Buddha, hopefully. We need uh, the words of the teacher. We need the questions of the student. We need to, to light the candle. We need to offer the incense. We need to use the forms. We need, in our situation, we have a monastery, so, somewhat compromised, but still functioning in this uh, strange pandemic situation. So more questions about that are good. Uh, Dallas has a question. <clears throat> Is suffering the only thing we want? So pain and pleasure, uh, suffering and uh, enjoyment, you know, the are polarities. So to say is it's the only thing um, we, we want the, the perhaps the best way to look at it is we want something else. Whatever is showing up, that's uh, we, 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 it's OK, but there's something else about this. It's something else that we that we want. So, and you could, if you go the other way, you could say, oh, we're never satisfied. It's not about satisfaction. If you say, if uh, you assume that someone who is uh, enlightened or functioning as an enlightened master, teacher, if you think that person is satisfied, you've misunderstood in a big way. The satisfaction, lack of satisfaction are just phenomena that come and go. They interchange, they dance, they waltz around, they fight with each other. And uh, uh deep understanding of that is no self, no other. There is no other, the otherness. Anything that occurs is completely appropriate. And this, you know, this can be, you can take this and it, you mean, you mean to say that war is appropriate, the murder and theft is, that's, that's why you need to see it yourself. Otherwise the ego mind will take you, me, us, anybody into that kind of elaboration that grasps and rejects and validates it. We see people in our society, using the causes and conditions uh, uh, to validate their their viciousness, to validate their total disregard for for human suffering. This is dependently arisen. needs to be seen. How do you do that? Start with yourself. <laughs> Start with your violence. Start with your irritation. Start with your uh, disregard for someone. Not accusing you of anything, but... Start here. Start with this mind rather than imagine things about other people's minds or what they should do. Even though it's obvious there's a lot of insanity going on. Um, Juzan asks, why can we see the question but not the answer? 
because of the, the you could say, hidden assumptions about the nature of reality, thinking that there's the, 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 that the, the two-ness or the me here and that's over there uh, is actually uh, that kind of elaboration is real and authentic and we need to do something about that. We need to get more of this or get less of that. Or we need to just not pay any attention to that and pay more attention to this. It's, it's pretty rampant, even in a monastery, even with monks, uh, because, well, because it's, it's just the nature of the path to actually be with the very fundamental uh, situation of the three poisons, grasping, rejecting, shutting down, hope, fear. It's not that those go away. It's just that the, the, um, the identity situation is what where the misunderstanding is not in the things coming and going. It's just phenomena, phenomena, just hang out and go different directions. And then the, the person who's experiencing that has I, opinions, ideas, grasping rejection. This doesn't mean we're trying to develop some kind of in, uh, transcendental indifference. Could be the other way around. Could be uh, transcendental intimacy with everything. Everything is your fault. Everything. You're responsible for everything. You're responsible for every leaf, not to wax poetic particularly. It's not particularly romantic. But it's, in other words, you, you, you respond, you, you're not responsible, you're not being blamed for anything. You don't get credit for it either. So you won't miss much. That doesn't mean that you, you're sitting uh, at your kitchen table getting ready to uh, eat some bananas and you're aware that the tree out in the back uh, 40 is moving in the wind or not that kind of awareness. That's, that's the kind of that. That kind of awareness is what catches the thinking mind into uh, trying to prove that you know, spiritual path is has a using a relative reality. Cool. Mm. Uh, Shoto has another question. How does the question <clears throat> allow a student to receive? Very good. Just ask the question. Whatever shows up, don't add to it. Don't subtract from it. Don't go into it with your uh, tenter hooks and try to. You know, dismantle it. The, the teaching person responds to the question and be respectful of that, not only of your questioning, but of the answer. And notice when you ask, notice the quality of grasping that's there. There's, it's like there's a certain kind of answer you want. And the teaching person, if they're uh, functioning out of uh, basic their basic understanding rather than out of a bunch of categories or conclusions, then they actually function, you could say it this way, uh, for a split second. They're, they're actually functioning as you. They're not separate from you. So they're actually, when you say the question, they're saying the question. And they can see that because everywhere they look, they don't see anything else. <laughs> yeah. But they may not chuckle like I did. Nicole asks, does comfort hinder awareness? Not at all. The, the attachment to comfort or the addiction to happiness or comfort. There's an addiction to a particular causes and conditions that show up in a certain way, sometimes called an addiction. And that's so varied and it's so different. So, uh, you know, giving advice to anybody about anything, unless they're, I often say, make them dry. That way, you know that if they're asking you something and they're saying, yes, I want you to tell me, then then you you're in a position where you don't have to 
provide an answer that will automatically fit in with the preconceptions that are obvious to you when you talk to that person. In other words, you're able to actually tell them how this looks to you and run the what risk of them thinking that you're not intelligent. Ego. It's about ego. It's about the self-centered, the mistaken identity. See what see the mistaken identity and that question of comfort will just you sometimes you'll be comfortable, sometimes you won't, but you won't look for it. You won't scramble for it. You won't push down on on discomfort. And you you may be uh, uncomfortable, but you will look at it because there's a kind of curiosity about what is this? What is this? It's your own question. What questions? Powerful. If you say what what is it? If you actually can ask a what question in, in a direct, you're not concerned with the answer. You know what this is about. It's about the question. Of course, the answer is, you know, Mahamati's got, got work to do because of the king. Kozan has another question. Please. Uh, it has two parts to it. What is it that acts with self-centered intention? It seems like we all do it. Extreme apparent examples when watching Planet of the Humans last night. What is it that shuts down on intense suffering of others? I'll, I'll give you the simple answer. You ready? Thinking that they're others. If you think that what you're looking at is an other, then you can have sympathy. You can feel sorry for them. Uh, you can start a movement. You can start a website. You can do all the relative things that do what? Cover it up. You can't look. You can't. You can't look at a bulldozer and stop it with your finger. But what can you do? You can go look at the wall. Find out who you are because it's a misunderstanding. And it can show up in all, it can show up as whatever passion, aggression, ignorance. Uh, sometimes in ancient times in the Tibetan tradition, they would use the Buddha families to show how, and I don't particularly want to go into that. I don't even remember all of the, uh, there's a whole list under anyone, you know, karma. Then there's all these lists of how they function in different ways. A lot of concepts, not too many, but for some, but if you want to study it, it's out there. Go look. Further question about that, uh, Kozan, if you haven't, that's, uh, that didn't cover everything there. Another question from Jiuzan. Jiuzan. How do questions expose the ways in which we're confused? So it may not it may not expose it to you as you ask the question, but to someone if someone is functioning as your teacher, then they have an idea about your question, uh, and they may or may not respond to your satisfaction or or fulfillment or whatever. But by seeing by seeing that question. Uh, they, it, it helps them understand the, what the form that your particular shutting down takes or your particular grasping takes. And quite often, uh, though they may see that, they have to, and you've heard, you heard me say this many times, even the teaching person, the, the learning person, we have to be very respectful of the confusion. If you, if you start to do, uh, it's, it's like, don't start doing open heart surgery before the, the patients even come in the room. I mean, you're cutting holes in the tabletop. It, it projection is that intense unless the person is a true teacher, in which case they don't see anybody else. So therefore, they're able to function uh, with the what, sword of Manjushri both ways. And it's no big celebration. There's no romanticism. There are no violins or French horns in the background. Juju has another question. Certainly. 
How does a question show the teacher where the student is? Well, I think already said it once, or I think I think I have it. Just you ask a question, uh, you can see how how the question is. Simply put, it's just a they're asking a question about uh, some aspect of the teaching. It just shows the way in which the person is misunderstanding, and they're misunderstanding that by virtue of uh, the mistaken identity, the identity here, no self. And so quite often, and I'm sure you know this, we've talked about this before, the emotion, the feeling comes up and you say uh, about your life or about what's happening or some negativity, positivity, some kind of turntable emotions that are going around and, uh, and it's confusing. So then the question would come out and would show uh, the way in which it shows up, shows the teacher the the way in which shows the teacher the way in which that person you or anyone else is confused and to what degree they're ready to hear or ready to receive a direct pointing at the nature of the mind and if they're if they're quite often all we see is locked doors you know there's a question but we, we don't see the openness and this is why we do the sitting practice of meditation sit down voluntary voluntary uh, what suffering voluntary discontent voluntary or voluntary now you may if you've meditated a lot you may over time go into a a, a kind of a, a mind uh, a dimension where nothing much, much is happening and so that's fine uh, the the sitting practice of meditation it may not show up as i just realized the fundamental nature of reality is not separate i'm <laughs> just blown away by it not gonna happen like that that's ego language. And so to go back to your question, the teaching, the teaching person or the, or the teacher or the guru or the, the, the Buddha uh, looks at that question, hears that question and responds out of not being separate from that question. And that may be anything from what you're looking at right now, like this, just looking at you. When the Buddha was asked, is there a God? This is a story. Of course, <laughs> that question betrays the plus and minus mentality of the person who's asking it. So uh, he's not, he could say, I don't know. Uh, but in ancient times, uh, the thing that he did, according to the legends, the teachings and so on, is he didn't respond. He quite often apparently did not respond to things that were intensely tied up in, in the belief in the acceptance or the rejection or the ignoring of relative truth. So it's like if a child comes to you and asks you, uh, why is grass green? I guess is one of the old ones. Yeah. Not much you can say about that. Now you could go into some kind of, well, you know, you've heard about chlor chlorophyll. We could go into something like that, but that's not what is being asked. And sometimes if someone asks a question and then the teaching person uh, misunderstands what that is, and maybe maybe doesn't really know their misunderstanding, but thinks the person wants a relative truth answer. And they're, they're incredibly intelligent Dharma teachers who are able to supply those kinds of uh, teachers or those kind of uh, teachings relative. This is why there's endless amounts of uh, ideas, concepts, scriptures, on and on and on. But in order to understand this, you need to, you need those because it, it satisfies the the con the construct or conceptual addiction of the ego.
to know this, to know that, and to be able to talk about the three natures, the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, and on and on, in such a way that, that it gives the illusion of knowing something. Shisho has a question. Shisho. Yes, so question seems to arise from some kind of conclusion, and the answer could further deepen the conclusion. How do we treat the Q&A setup such that we don't end up deeper in conclusions? Uh, the, the main formula there is the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. And, of course, sitting meditation. So lots of sitting meditation. That's how it looks here. There's some people that say you don't need to sit. And some people say you need to do visualization. You need to do deity yoga. You need to do creation completion practices. You need to go after some kind of uh, particular deity manifestation. I don't know. Maybe I've done some of that, quite a bit of that. So, but what I would say is uh, don't necessarily be too concerned about the way in which you're asking that. I'm just, it's just a matter of continuing. You don't, as you're going up, use a very strong relative image. As you're going up the mountain with the help of the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, with others, Sangha, uh, un a relative understanding of the truth that is trying to see beyond that relativity more deeply without getting lost in space. Uh, and then the teaching person who, depending on your relationship to them and my relationship to each person that is considers themselves a student of mine, is quite a bit different. It's like if I'm talking to you, Chisho, there isn't anybody but you. That doesn't mean that I can pour, you know, liquid nitrogen through your... Uh, uh, Sahasrar, and suddenly your all of your uh, chakras light up, and you are the Tathagata. And I start asking you questions. <laughs> Wendy has a question. Wendy, how do we leave behind our preconceptions when we ask a question? That's wonderful, wonderful. You don't have to leave behind anything. If you see that, you see your preconception. It's always about awareness. There's nothing to get rid of. You don't. Don't, and that's not that you can't take some particular thing, a, a personal dragon that's giving you a hard time and set it on a shelf. I'll get back to you later. But to get rid of it or destroy it or in order to get some kind of advancement or some kind of a more non-confused non state of mind, more highly polished ego, it's more uh, radical than that. So therefore, what you're when you talk to the teaching person, the teacher in this case, this guy, uh, you offer that. You offer your confusion in that direction so that that person can respond in such a way that is fundamentally doesn't create more problems for you and fundamentally helps you. Uh, sometimes uh, people need to hear, at least I certainly did, that, that, that you could actually do this. You can, you can actually understand this deeply and without any special... Uh, uh, Shikantaza is kind of special, but it really, there's not much there. It's just don't do anything and hold very still. And that which has been, is covered up through actions, through motions, watch the motion because you're, uh, you're watching the cover up. And once you see this, then the liberation part of that is you're no longer contained, uh, restricted by, um, by motions because you realize they have no right or wrong meaning to them. And the thing that's difficult because the lower level understanding uh, still is grasping it right and wrong at uh, success and failure as I'm better and you're worse or uh, you're better and I'm worse or some kind of polarity is always happening. And so um, don't interfere with other people's confusion. 
but insofar as you can participate in it a little bit. When you see some situation where somebody's quite confused about something, rather than try to drag them out of the confusion, go into that slightly. In other words, a uh, fancy word for that is compassion or feeling with feeling with that situation. It, it won't obliterate you. Further questions are good. Uh, Nicole has a follow-up to her yes. earlier question. She asks, what would an addiction to comfort look like? Twinkies. Mm -hmm. A really nice hammock. <laughs> so I, I think it would be very personal, I'm being silly, but I, I think it would be a very personal thing. And it might not show up to others. There might be just some kind of a, I got to have this. I, I really need this situation. And there's some kind of a... Um, some kind of a validation going on there. And, you know, this, uh, I'm sure you know, and all, all of you who might be uh, listening or watching, this can manifest so many different ways that, that, that you, you know, you, if you try to stop the addiction, or I'm just using that as a way of talking about it, the, it's, it's the one who is addicted that is unreal. The emotions have their dynamic and they are dependently risen. They come and they go. I like it. I don't like it. It's good. It's bad. It should be. It shouldn't be. I really like that. I really, I really, I, I need that. I need, I need to do that. I've always been a person who really needs that. We'll, we'll reinforce that. We'll reinforce that, especially if it's something kind of odd that we really like. Other people are not quite so sure why you have any interest in, in uh, shuffleboard. You know, I don't mean to be disrespectful to anybody's desires or wishes or hopes or attachments. What am I interested in? That you see it. If you see, if you see what this is, then the causes and conditions that are arising is this particular person or that particular person are softened up considerably. Uh, as <laughs> I was like uh, Trump or Rinpoche would say, <clears throat> you may not attain enlightenment, but at least you'll stop being a nuisance to everyone. <laughs> Interesting fellow, that guy. Uh, Jason has another question. Certainly. He asks, do questions arise from confusion? Sure. Yeah, I think, I think so. If, if I'm following how you're asking that confused about something we're not sure about something so we'd ask about that and everyone's is uh, uh everyone's question and everyone's confusion seems to take on a different form so when i say especially to anyone who was training their mind has been doing this or is a uh, has received yukai or is showing a robe or already is already uh ordained as a monk respect people's confusion respect your own confusion stop trying to necessarily improve just see what is see what if you see what this is then if something does need some improvement then yeah then then you'll sit more <laughs> you're welcome um another question from jinshu yes she asks um when i ask questions when having a, a casual conversation with someone can questions be a way of avoiding they could be, especially uh, as you ask that question. Uh, looks like you already know that on some level, maybe on every level. Sure, you can ask questions. Uh, that would be a way of avoiding something or distracting someone from areas you may not want them to go into, possibly. Uh, Kevin in Brooklyn asks, if you can't stop a bulldozer with a finger, how can you stop one by looking at the wall? Uh, you can't. Did I say that if you look at the wall, you can stop a bulldozer? When did I say that? Um, somebody accusing me of <laughs> making a statement. <laughs> well, I have, uh, I have a lot of stock in Caterpillar. So 
No, what I, what that metaphor, what that image is about is is to is to say the incredible wash of karma that is coming out of innumerable places. They call it other people, other societies, the past, the present, the apparent future, and all the causes and conditions is to run at that with a finger. In other words, a, a group of people who are uh, trying to change the world through their their fundraisers or through their and, and don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that in some level, but the actual finger and the actual bulldozer is probably more like a wall, or it could be your uh, in in this day uh, that we're dealing with here. It could be you uh, are in a job where you serve people. Very simple. You just you just help some. You might even be putting your own life at risk, as is some some people are very much doing. But you help them. You meet them where they're at, and you help them. That is an aspect of the bulldozer that is still in the foundry. It's not, the, the steel has not been poured. The aggression, the passion, aggression, ignorance has not taken on a solid form as a society, a political party, a group of white guys. I just don't mean to be disrespectful to anybody, but if you look anywhere, I, I don't really have to answer this in that way. I'm just saying, as a, what was a Pema's the title of her book, uh, uh, Start Where You Are, very simple. It's like I say, don't do anything else you have to. She says uh, in her book, probably came from reading uh, Ayn Rand or or Stendhal or uh, Marie Henry Bale. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> Mayun could tell you who that is. So uh, it's it's the distraction, and we 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 want some kind of um, proof that we're actually what we're doing is working. The relative truth is ready to give you that. It will fight back and say, you can't control me or I'm, or I'll put my AK-47 and go to the Capitol and walk around with some kind of macho. It's just like, you know, pretty sickening to see that. On the other hand, in order to meet that person in where they're at, you need to face the wall because you're projecting onto that situation. If you think you're not, you're mistaken. This doesn't mean you shouldn't vote, but... I wouldn't vote too early. Joseph has a question. I asked you a question on the telephone in a dream last night. What'd they say? <laughs> but all I heard in response was silence. That was me. <laughs> and I was frustrated that either there was a technical difficulty or you refused to answer. I never refused to answer. What does the perceived relationship have to do with the question and answer? Well, I would simply put, you're on your own with my help. I'll help you, but I'm not going to get in the way of the karma that you need to see in order to awaken. Simply put, I might even, I might even, I might even increase, even increase. I might say, uh, have you noticed how that hurts right there? <laughs> I did that with my sore arm. So, uh, William has a question. William, he asks, "Good morning. Is there anything outside of awareness?" No. Uh, Shoto has another question. Please. Is a basic misunderstanding that we could understand what this is? Is that a basic misunderstanding that, that what I'm saying you can understand? That we this? could understand no. what this is? No, that's called bodhicitta, the mind of awakening. The mind that starts when you're three or four or five in some area. There's some deep understanding that you could end up covering up because of causes and conditions or hope and fear. But you could also, if you are free and well-favored, free to roam around and bump into stuff. 
and well favored in that you are, don't come into this lifetime with a mindset that is, that is fear based. I'm not saying there isn't fear there, but it's not based on that. But uh, the the base, the foundation of the situation is bodhicitta, the mind of awakening. The Buddha nature is already shining through or shining uh, over or shining in or shining out. The direction is uh, irrelevant. It's also irreverent. But you can see this. I, I sometimes say, uh, if I can see this, you can see this. But then it looks like I see something, which I don't. I'm looking for any last questions, if there are any. Uh, William has a, a follow-up question. How okay. do we see that there is only awareness? Uh, continue to see what arises uh, in that and uh, see what look, cons- uh, look at the phenomena that come and go in your own dynamic sit-down hold still. Watch what comes and goes and comes and goes until you until you see what this fundamentally is, that there's only... Uh, as it says in the Yogacara tradition, perception only. The objects abscond with the, the value there. They, I'm, I'm the one who is aware. That is what I'm aware of. Very good. Should we dedicate the merit? We'll dedicate the merit. We'd also like to, again, thank everybody for their continued uh, support during these difficult times. Uh, financially, we realize that that can be difficult and Everything you can do is helpful to us and others. Thank you. And also thank you for helping uh, my, our granddaughter, McKinley. She's still continuing her treatment. She's still continuing treatment. There you go. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Jiho san chi shi son bu sa mo ko sa mo ko ho cha ho mi the ten directions, the three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the ten directions and the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokakoji Buddhist Temple Monastery our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with light.